Hey guys, welcome to the first edition of the new Cricket Podcast. With me here, Atharva, as usual, I have Purav, Farik, and Satvik Oberoi, two avid cricket watchers and fans as well. Say hello, boys. Hi, hello. everyone. Hello. Okay, so uh, just to start off, guys, finally, with the things that we've been waiting for for so long, cricket's finally back after so many months of a break. It wasn't. It was an ideal. Things weren't off to the most. elegant start the most exciting start that we hoped for but things were back nonetheless and the first way form of cricket that the international cricket that was started after the break was england west indies so there's a three match series which england managed to pick up 2-1 and what were your thoughts about this series uh, maybe we can start with you purav yeah so i was actually excited towards you know watching the game after a very very long time i think this is the longest break that i've ever had watching cricket since you know since i've been following it and it was wonderful to watch west indies win the match against england and i felt that uh, the england players were a little fatigued they weren't you know prepared physically ready for a complete test match and that's i think that's where they lost out against the windies it was a good match to watch and i was happy that you know the west indians finally won a test match in england after a very long time yeah so i think this yeah so i think this was the first time england won the west indies won the first test of a series in england after about 20 25 years and it was a good win um uh, england like i uh, you are right purab they were a little there was a little bit fatigue in them Uh, and they were, england was without their captain joe root it was a great match to watch and it was a nice comeback uh, from the west indies uh, like after losing a series at home to england and yeah uh, especially players like blackwood who didn't score well in the first innings but came alive in the second innings scored a nice 95 of 154 balls and almost took his team to, to the finish line Yeah, so just getting on to the first match where uh, West Indies actually had a surprising result with, I think, a target of two hundred and they finished off at two hundred to six. So two hundred for six. So anyone who impressed you, I think Shannon Gabriel was the man of the match, where uh, I think he got nine wickets in the game. So that was actually a pretty interesting start to the new season because no one really expected a pretty poor West Indies team or on paper at least to actually pick up a result against England. I mean, they did go on to lose the series, but you know, the signs of hope, as you said, Blackwood was a was a great find, I think, for them. Uh, what were your What were your opinions on how the game went on? Because obviously now, uh, with cricket changing and with cricket trying to adapt to COVID nineteen, there was no fielders and like there was no uh, crowd in place. There was uh, the new rules with the ball. So, what do you guys feel about that? And how did you guys, if you guys managed to watch a decent part of Uh, the test matches. How did you guys manage when it came to all of that, and did you guys enjoy watching it? Uh, obviously, fans are a big part of the game, and still, most of the people are watching it from home. And it was a good test match to watch. But fans will come back slowly and surely uh, into the stadiums. It was a good match to watch. And Pura, anything? Yeah, I did watch a few parts and uh, was pretty impressed with the pace attack of uh, the West Indians. They're bowling a tight uh, line and length, and I was pretty impressed with them. Especially Jason Holder has been a 
very good test player for the West Indies and has been leading the side very nicely, I would say. Ever since, I think, after Brain Lara, I think Jason Holder is the one captain that has held the West Indian uh, team together. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah. So, obviously, West Indies led 1-0 and we, all of us, I think, I, at least me personally, I felt that well, probably West Indies would pick up the victory uh, in the series. But, yeah, Ben Stokes came up with exactly what Ben Stokes always does when it comes to England needing a hero. So, yeah, 1 for 29 and 176 in the first innings. Uh, 22 for 30 and uh, 78 match winning, like, not out innings, I think, in the second inning. So, West Indies needed a target of 312 and they folded for 198. So, I think when it became one all, I personally felt that there was, there was no catching England then and I knew it would be a 2 1 wrap up. So, what do you guys feel about the same? Uh, this has always been for England. They always like to stumble at the first. Like even in the Pakistan series, we have seen them get folded in the first innings. And even in the West Indies series, they lost the first match and they uh, came on to win the series again. And just like in the Pakistan series, I remember they got folded for a pretty less score and Pakistan was on top. But in the second innings, uh, they came together and fought till the end and got the victory. Right. This this might be you know uh, probably the mentality of the English players you know probably I'm just just my thought where you know they take the opposition lightly in the beginning of the series and then they realize that they need to step up the game and that's how they you know grow into the series that's what I feel they did in these two series at least yeah uh, I mean overall pretty decent series I think two two one was a pretty fair result. Um, I think Broad again got a 10 for in the in the third game and West Indies was, was it I think it was a target of what, 400 and they got like 130 all out so not not the best yeah. performances from them but then we went on to the England Pakistan series what were your thoughts on this series guys because this was obviously very rained out there's not enough uh, not enough game time I I feel in at least one of the games I think the second test was pretty much always almost washed out so what are your thoughts on the England-Pakistan series? Did you guys think at least this time that Pakistan could probably pick up the result? Yeah, like uh, in the first innings, um, the opener Masood scored about 156 odd runs. And he was magnificent uh, along with Babar Azam. And, they, and we thought after the first innings that Pakistan would uh, secure the victory. But England, as usual, uh, came back in the second innings uh, with the help of Broad and Chris Wokes and helped them secure the victory. With uh, In the end, Josh Butler and Chris Wokes, I remember, uh, had a magnificent partnership from like 117 for 5 till 256 for 6, which was absolutely amazing. I think this was Pakistan's game all the way. They had They shouldn't have lost this from, you know, making brilliant bowling in the first innings. And... Following that up with a uh, brilliant uh, first half of the second innings, I think they were they deserve to be winning the test match. But as usual, they being Pakistan, Pakistan being Pakistan, and they lost it in the end. Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't the most ideal result. I think uh, when I was watching the game personally, I felt it was again as you guys just clearly put it. It was Pakistan's game to win, and they somehow bottled it. I think obviously credit to 
Butler and Vokes and the way they played because I think they were what something fifty odd for five or something like that, right? Or I think it was forty odd. Yeah, yeah. Don't really recall yeah. the exact number. But yeah, to come back from that and win, I think it was great. I think the thing with England is whenever they really push back, they always tend to find someone. Most of more often than not, Stokes to you know actually pick up the game and actually. There's always this one guy who uh, comes up clutch for England. Sometimes it's Owen Morgan in the T20. Sometimes it's Stoke in Tests, and sometimes it's Joe Root in ODIs. Yeah, I yeah I think that's the thing. So even this game, I think they were lucky that Vokes. He actually had a pretty poor like season. I feel Vokes as a batsman and Butler as well. I think there was an interview after the game where Butler said that uh, if if he hadn't performed in that game, he'd probably be dropped. I think that's how close he was to probably being dropped in for that for the remainder of that Test series. So I mean, perfect innings at the right time, I guess. And moving on, we're not really going to talk about the second match. I think a drawn game, hardly any, hardly any uh, thing to talk about. Rizwan was good with his, I think you know, very dogged 72. Not fun to watch. It was just grinding out the bowlers and trying to get some time in the middle. But yeah, going to the final game. What were your opinions on this final game? It was. Um, again, match drawn, which is pretty unfortunate to see, but lot of special, special moments in this game. So, what are you guys' thoughts on that? So, obviously, rain came. Uh, rain got the win in this match, but in the first innings, we saw an amazing partnership between Zach and Josh Butler. And uh, at the start of the match, like about after four wickets, they were about one twenty-seven, and we again thought that it would be again another England collapse after two hundred, two fifty, but. these uh, two came up clutch and took them to another level about they got around i think 350 runs for the partnership yeah. which is absolutely nowhere to be seen in this age and uh, about and they got almost about around the 585590 which is considered to be an amazing score and uh, joe root i think had planned to bat only one innings considering it had to rain and it, there was a forecast of rain but and uh, after the pakistan's first innings even after azhar ali's uh, fight back uh, they weren't able to pick up the win they just fell short a little short yeah i, yeah, feel, I think uh, yeah go this on. is the first time i think this is the first time i seen zack crawley play such a brilliant innings in the test Test cricket. Uh, I've never. I don't rem- re- recall any innings where Zach Crawley has played for such a long time, and I was pretty impressed with the way he played and paced his innings with an eye. Uh, no, pretty good strike rate of uh, around seventy. I think this was a very good, well thought innings. I would say, given the conditions that uh, they were playing in, and also against the pace attack of Pakistan, that we shouldn't, you know, write off because they have a pretty good pace attack. including yasir shah if you take into account yeah i think actually you said that really well that something uh, even i kept on watching throughout the season series which was pakistan actually have a very good pace attack so abbas would probably be better in subcontinent conditions because he has that lateral movement he has that consistent line and line rather than you know all out pace or a lot of spin he's a bit nippy he's a bit like magra to an extent or even hazelwood for that matter but just a lot slower than these guys and yeah i think nasim is pretty talented i'm he's obviously he's so young that 
there's not a, like enough experience and you know he's not able to get that control when people need it and yeah shaheen again i think the pick of the bowlers was probably shaheen he was he was absolutely brilliant maybe the wickets didn't show for him as much as it could have but again yeah top class but what do you guys feel about again zach crawley 267 unfortunate that he didn't you know get the match of the match and probably would have like again you know two nil series win for england would have been on him so that would have been pretty good butler again from being in a position where he was probably going to be thrown out of the team to win england a game single handedly almost and then get a 152 i think top notch batting by butler and i think his glove work as well in the i think in the second game or it was the first game i don't recall but there's i think he dropped a few catches and there's a lot of question marks about his glove work but his keeping in the third game was superb i think he took a blinder catch as well so that was pretty nice to see and obviously the the man of the hour i think james anderson the 600 wickets what do you guys mm-hmm. thoughts on that i'd probably put him as my top fast bowler after megra in all time i mean what do you guys think who would be your top 3 if you guys could give me a top 3 each so let's start with probably purav now top 3 in test cricket right that that would be a little difficult definitely james anderson no doubt about that and zahir khan maybe oh that's actually pretty tasty I, i i wouldn't put zahir khan there but yeah very interesting i think go on so yeah james um, anderson zahir khan a, and probably one more right hand right? left hand combination and yeah, yeah and probably Mm, difficult Magra? to think about. I'm not a fan of Megra, to be honest. Um, I'm not recalling any other fast bowlers as of now. Stain, maybe Stain. Stain, yeah, for the pace, for maybe the sheer Stain, pace that he has. Maybe, maybe Broad. I feel like Broad really goes unnoticed. I think he's been a yeah, he's he's overshadowed so long now. Exactly. And he's I always been overshadowed. Yeah, and I think between Anderson and, and Broad, I'd probably pick Broad if I was playing anywhere except England. I think if I was playing in England, of course, you'd pick Anderson because of the swing. But other than that, I think if I had to tour Australia as a captain, I'd probably pick Broad over Anderson. So yeah, okay, your three was probably uh, Stain, uh, Stain, Anderson, uh, Zahir Khan, Zahir and Khan. Anderson. Okay, Tatwik coming to you. Yes. Uh, I'm having a tough choice here. Anderson for sure, no doubt, he's on the top three paces in like of all time. Um, maybe I'll go a little bit unorthodox and like choose Mitchell Johnson. Like on Ooh. during his Ashes years, he has been great. Like I remember, it was the 13-14 Ashes where he picked up some like 29 to 30 wickets. I think yeah, he picked 42. up 40 40 plus wickets if I recall. I don't. Yeah, really and that Mitchell Johnson was the best of all time. And for third, I'm going with Stuart Broad. Like, yeah. good, good. whenever he has to come up, he comes up clutch for the team. Yeah, I think even I'll like probably just... pick, yeah, even just to add on, I think you you said it really well. I think none of us actually remember Johnson as much as we probably should. Yeah, the way he was in that series, my God! I think one of my friends was at the game, and my friend said I couldn't see the ball from the stands. So let alone the batsman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think same i think you guys said it really well where even i'm stuck between probably four out of three so i'd go i'd go megra of course uh anderson for sure i'd i'm torn between stain and broad i think 
I think Stain's probably been more like in terms of uh, pace, in terms of skill. I've I've liked Stain more, but I think when you think of those moments, right? When you think of those moments of Test cricket, you'd probably say Broad with that eight for fifteen, and I think there yeah. And Australia other, Australia got folded for around 60 odd runs. Yeah, there's another spell I think in South Africa where he got five wickets for a run or something. If I I don't remember, but the exact numbers. But I think he got Elgar, Duplessis, and all of, I think De Villiers and two other and Markram I think for a really low scores. So I think these moments of Test cricket had probably picked broad, but yeah. So that's that was the entire Test series, and of course there was an ODI series as well after. Sorry, the T20s, right? My bad. T20s. Yeah, yeah the T20s. Yeah. So, what do you guys? What is your opinion on the England-Pakistan games, and then after that, the England-Australia? So, I think the first game was a abandoned one due to rain again. The third game of the tour, like, got abandoned. The second one, it was again Pakistan's game to lose. Like, I was watching the game during that. It shows the predictor score, like, who wins the game, like, predictions. and it was about 90% to pakistan but again owen morgan came up clutch and scored that a strike rate about 266 of about 33 balls and four sixes and six fours and along with malan he was the key to england's win yeah, yeah i agree with uh, yeah i've been you know pretty impressed with david malan and the way he has been playing in t20s averaging over 50 in just 21 t20s i think that I think that's a brilliant brilliant stats that we have of david malan and i think he's he was the find and i think he is here to stay for the england t20 team yeah i think i think yeah malan has probably been a find for a lot of us i think even england uh, he's averaging about 50 plus i think in t20s and he's come up from literally nowhere and i think now he's seventh in the world right if i yeah i think he's yeah. seventh in the world yeah or he's probably sixth after the last game i don't remember but yeah to i think it was a great find for uh, them again morgan and, captain he's been he's been great tom banton again he's proved really he's proved himself after the big bash i think a lot of us had expectations from banton with his reverse sweeps and things like that for brisbane but to actually come he hit a 40 in the last game and i don't remember how much he hit in the first one but he's been good i think uh, probably signs for the future again and billings as well so i think well done to england again when they needed a player to stand up as usual they got it either bit me morgan or butler or whoever it might be and then comes the big one i think everyone's been waiting for the england australia t20 and yeah what are your thoughts on that this one was australia's to lose they were about <laughs> like 98 for 0 after 10 overs no doubt england uh, were in the like a position of bother but as soon as they started losing wicket they were about like after even if, if steve smith got out about 120 odd runs they still had the game in the back they needed about a run of ball like i think uh, even after 14 overs they needed about 38 runs in 36 balls it yeah. was their game to lose and they slowly and surely like Uh, made show bowlers like chris jordan and uh, uh, chris jordan was the key bowler uh, along with jofra archer in the end jofra archer made show that he could cover up his opening spell and took two key wickets of uh, finch and uh, warner who were the opening batsmen 
Yeah, I think it was it was a fun game to watch. I think both of us, like everyone, all of us, I think we've been really excited for this series and to see England win in the last. It was the first like two. They lead two nil now, so I, obviously they won the series, and that I think most probably going to get a whitewash. I feel I didn't really expect this. I think Stark was really off his money. I think uh, even Cummins, uh, the Australian bowling attack, I feel was pretty. Like dim, in my opinion, they didn't do well. I think Zampa got smoked each game that he played, and I I probably just expected more out of Australia. I think Warner was okay, Smith was fine. Um, expected maybe more from Maxwell, Stoinis, and I think Australia really have a I think a little weak lower middle order. I don't know what you guys feel, but yeah, after I think after Smith. Then there's uh, probably Maxwell. I think there's Stoinis, and yeah, I think that's that's about it. I think then you get to the bowlers. I think you get to Cummins, Hazelwood. Sorry, not Hazelwood. Uh, Stark and Zaha. There's there's Ashton Agar also. He oh, yeah, Agar. Yeah, but yeah. I mean he's not really proved himself enough. I feel so. So I feel that Australia really lacked the finisher in this series. They thought that. Um, uh Stoinis Maxwell and Ega would do the job for them which they weren't able to do they need someone like a Ben Stokes or a Hardik Pandya in the lower middle order kind of person like even if they tried to push uh, Tom Banton or Josh Butler there the opening position feels a little bit uh, sorry what am i saying um they need a um, proper finisher there yeah no i think they should start looking over Maxwell it's been a very long time uh, since you know i remember where maxwell played a very you know maxwell kind of innings and you know one took australia over the line i think they should start looking over maxwell because over the last one year he has been pretty poor to his standards so i think that's where they are lacking and they should start experimenting with you know different people yeah i think i think it's a similar situation with uh, south africa and miller I think these guys have been riding on, you know, the reputation of being. Of course, they're obviously great players as well, and they're match winners. That's why they get an extended run in the team. But as you said, maybe look different places for probably the similar players with a similar role. I think England did well that way. I think they found Banton, who can, you know, just come out and go gung for leather and just hope for the best. Like he's that sort of player. So maybe if Australia can pick up a few more. Uh, players from the younger generation and actually give them a good chance in the team, like Josh Philippe as well. So it'll be interesting to see how this Australian team recoup. I think I don't know if Labuschagne will get a turn in the T20 side. He might again if they lose three nil and Australia tend to do this. Where if they lose, they tend to start chopping and changing a lot and then hoping that a miracle will happen and they'll actually probably get back to their best. So if they do, what do you guys think? Do you guys think Labuschagne might get a shot in the team? Like for the last T20, I think they'll try a youngster like Josh Philippe, who can maybe instead of uh, uh, maybe Stoinis or a Maxwell, just in case as the series is already done, they might as well try a youngster and see if it's a hit or miss kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with uh, Satwik. I think they have nothing to lose, Australia. So I think they might, you know, experiment with a little, with the squad a little. So I think Josh Phillip might get a chance here, and I think they should also give Alex Carey a little space. Probably, you know, 
push him down the order and give him the role of a finisher i think he'd 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 do a better job there rather than going up the order as they as they have tried him in the second t20 yeah i think i think well put there and uh, again butler i mean superb i think the first game as well he was really good unfortunate to give away his wicket like that and the second match i mean what can you say when butler's in that sort of form perfect like head position his quality of his hitting was again amazing he was middling almost every ball i think even the reverse sweeps even the like normal defensive defense strokes and i think the six at the end topped it off really well so i think he just he his form right now is probably makes him one of the best in the world in my opinion right now like and, whenever he gets going it's pretty difficult to stop him as we have seen in ipl over the years with mumbai indians even if with the rajasthan royals as soon as he starts uh, middling the ball pretty well in the first few years he just needs that momentum to start with and if he gets going it's pretty impossible to stop him yeah and so, for england also it's a matter of concern where to find a place for jorut i think uh, with malan scoring about like 50 yeah uh, it's pretty difficult for jorut to make in yeah so it's pretty difficult i think for jorut right now to make it into the t20 squad and maybe next year for the world cup yeah i think there's extended chats on sky sports and all these you know even during the game when the com- when the game was going pretty slowly i think the commentators were talking about it as well he's going to make the squad i think all of us know he's going to make the squad because of the quality of player that he is but a starting 11 place is probably like i think a bit out of reach right now because oh, probably probably yeah, they might try drop johnny basto because he's not having a good series yet had uh, two poor outings and you know jorut also being having the ability to open they might try jorut instead of johnny basto yeah i think it depends uh, jorut's probably not been up to the mark in uh, red ball cricket also i feel as a captain he's been okay not again not amazing probably he'll be tested when teams like india or australia or teams like that have like he has quality opposition against him no disrespect to west indies and pakistan but uh, it'll be it'll be pretty interesting to see if he makes the starting 11 and i don't know how i don't know where that's going to happen because i think the new brand of cricket that england plays right now is you know just come and smash it like they don't really need players who can come and settle the innings down and they have them they have they have these players in uh, butler and morgan and even stokes again stokes hasn't played the series and he's probably going to be the first name on the team sheet when he's back yeah i don't i don't i don't know i'm not really sure on what's going to happen now next for england i mean it's a good problem to have good selection headache to have but but uh, we cannot write off uh, jason roy as well who's been out uh, because of injury so once he comes, it'll be even difficult for Joru to find a place in the eleven. A pretty bad headache for the England selection committee. <laughs> I mean, I if I was a selector, I'd gladly take that headache. To be very honest. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's been That's it's been one. a decent summer. I think I didn't really expect myself to watch as much cricket as I actually did since the restart. I was tuned into almost every day of England Pakistan. Watched a not enough, but probably watched a decent amount of England West Indies, and probably watched the entire both the games of India, uh, England, South Africa, uh, Australia. Sorry, my bad. So 
it's been good i think what were your what were your thoughts were you guys disappointed with the new form which is no audiences and the new change i think a lot of bowlers complained as well with the no spit rule i think anderson especially has had the biggest problem with the rule and he you know he understands of course he says he understands why it exists but you know it's his biggest exponent is swing and he's not getting that right now so he's not getting as much as he wants <laughs> so he's of course getting it and he's swinging it miles but not getting as much as he wants so did you did you guys enjoy it? did you guys enjoy the all the cricket that we have been offered so far and excited for things to come or were really underwhelmed by whatever happened so far so obviously we would like we would like some sort of cricket happening around the world and yeah you were right about james anderson obviously his main thing is swing right now like always and if he is not able to do it he won't be able to get wickets and same for other bowlers also in other teams if they are not able to use that it might be a problem for others and may, uh, england cricket have actually done a good job organizing these uh, series with england australia uh, australia pakistan and west indies and uh, we have seen that they have taken everything pretty seriously we saw an incident of jofra archer meeting a family when after a test match and yeah. he had to sit out that test match so they are pretty strict about all the rules and all the rule breaches that have happened during this time so we should give a little shout out to england cricket before organizing all this yeah purav any thoughts yeah i agree with satvik uh, england cricket have done a tremendous job by you know getting back uh, bringing back cricket to the world and you know the game is a little dull without the crowd you know feels a little very dull and just uh, you know the players and the commentators so i think very soon the crowd will be back and next hoping you know everything gets back to normal soon were there, getting... were there any uh, like new changes were our crowds going to be allowed from i think the next series or is it like uh, what i heard was uh, the england prime minister saying that fans can be allowed to come back in all sporting events around october end and november start so slowly they are trying to bring in crowds and for the ipl also i think uh, they were trying to get fans for the second or the later half of the season yeah i think i think the ipl again that's a whole new probably couple of hours long chat where again all of us are really excited to see what happens and me being an rcb fan i probably dread the tournament and i don't want it to start because there's no point in anyway. <laughs> so yeah thank you so much for joining me so far guys i think i've had a great chat about the cricket to come and all the cricket that's happened so far thank you so much guys please do tune in for more uh, content this is the first podcast first cricket podcast on the page and we surely have a lot more coming hopefully we'll see satvik and purav back for the next coming few episodes where we'll again the ipl is coming in probably another 12 days time so there's a lot of chat that's going to happen about the ipl we're going to do team reviews we're going to do predictions and we just hope to see you soon hope you guys had a great time listening to us and yeah bye bye bye